What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm your host, Shane Told, as I take you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. This week, it wasn't exactly a backstage conversation I had. It was over the telephone and a little bit different this week because I just spoke to this week's guest, Mr. Ace Enders of the early November. I just talked to him like an hour ago and the conversation went so well. I was so stoked on it that I just want to put it up right now. I don't want to wait. I know I have others in the queue. I've got some really great episodes actually, but something about talking to him was, it was really special and I just wanted this to go up now because this is my show and I do whatever the fuck I want. I'm putting it up right now and uh, this is a good episode. I've known Ace since 2006. That's a long time, man. That's, that's 13, uh, over 13 years ago that I've known this guy and I've known him as kind of a quieter guy keep to himself on tour kind of guy, you know, um, a very, very nice guy, uh, a guy I've had some great conversations with, but nothing like this. We, he opens up, we talk about some incredible things and I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. And they have a record coming out, the Lilac, it or Lilac, I should say, September 27th on Rise Records. I got a chance to hear this entire record the two songs they've released are both great, but this entire record absolutely slams on a lot of different levels, man. Um, we talk about this record a lot. I can't wait for y'all to hear it. And uh, I know, damn, we still got like a month, but this is just, wow. This record is incredible. By far the best early November record, in my opinion, maybe the best thing Ace has ever put out. So very, very excited about that. So yes, sit back, relax. This is going to be a good one. A very, very good one. Before we get into it, I want to remind you guys, you can always email me. My email address is leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my emails. I respond to as much of it as I can. And uh, yeah, so feel free to hit me up, add me on social media. The uh, the podcast Instagram, I think we're almost at 12,000 which is pretty cool. I mean, I, I try to post some, you know, interesting things on there, but for the most part, you know, it's kind of just like, oh, here's the, uh, here's the thing. But I think now that I've realized that a lot of people are actually, you know, going to the Instagram page and checking it out, maybe I'll start posting some more interesting, you know, things on there. And, uh, yeah, so check it out. If you don't follow already, it's at lead singer syndrome. Very, very easy. So what's up with me, you ask? Well, uh, my arm, which was broken, uh, went through, (laughs) well, it had a little bit more trauma. I decided when I got home that we had a little bit of a a plumbing issue in, uh, in the house. So I decided to take it upon myself with my broken arm to do the plumbing and I aggravated it and it got a lot worse. 
Uh, and today, finally, now it's been a week and my arm is feeling quite a bit better. And I think now I can maybe even play guitar. So that's exciting because I'd love to write some songs and, you know, and do the thing that I do. Um, yeah. So um, if you were wondering about my arm, yeah, it, I had a bit of a scary time, but uh, I think it's going to be oh. Okay. Shout out to Dr. McCaffrey and everyone at the Windsor Hospital. You guys were all very, very lovely to me. I want to give a big shout out to our new sponsor, Iconic. That's E-Y-E-C-O-N-I-C. Iconic.com slash L-S-S. That's where you're going to want to go. If you wear glasses, if you wear contacts, they've got the best prices. They've got the virtual try-on app, which is really cool. And even if you're like me, if you're having some trouble with your eyes, they can hook you up with a doctor no matter where you live. I got my eyes checked. I tried on the glasses virtually online. They're coming to me. It's very exciting. They've got the best prices and you can save more with my promo code LSS. You're going to hear more about this later in the show. Don't you worry, but I do want to thank them for their support. They are awesome. Again, the link iconic.com slash LSS, promo code LSS. And if you also want to help the show in a different kind of way, you can check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. That link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. You go over there for $6 a month or a little bit more. You get hooked up with bonus episodes, bonus content, an amazing community. Uh, we, We hang out all over the world. This is really, really cool. It's awesome. Uh, Just check it out. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash LSS. We're over 350 members now. Shout out to everybody new. There's so many new people joining. I love it. I love it. And I loved hanging out with you guys every single day on the last tour. So uh, check it out. The All Access Club. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash All Access. And hit the subscribe button too, right? What do they say? Mash the subscribe button. Isn't that what the YouTubers say? I'm like half a YouTuber. I'm like the YouTuber without the tube part. I'm just the audio. Yeah, anyway, yes. Hit the subscribe button. If you like the show, go on iTunes, leave a review. This stuff does matter. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. Thank you so much again for listening. And here it is. We're going to talk to Ace. What an interview. I love this guy. Here it is. My conversation with Ace Enders on Lead Singer Syndrome. Ever so sweet, you baked it in cakes for me. When you left behind, it hurts my teeth. Bringing the past with the postcards you sent for me. What's up, man? What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm fantastic. Dude, dude I love to hear your voice. Oh, it's, man. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same thing. I know. It's, <laughs> it's been a lot of minutes. It's been like millions, potentially millions of minutes. Yeah, it certainly has, <laughs> man. I can't even remember. Like, it's been, it's definitely been a while. Yeah, like but, the, uh, the last time, like, I remember us playing shows together was like literally 2006. Yeah, it 
dude, that probably is right. We might have crossed paths on like a warp tour or something between there, but not yep. or a sound wave, I think, the last time I Oh yeah. Yeah, something like that's, that. Yeah. That's absolutely probably what it was. Yeah. And yeah, and you're always so like you're such a quiet guy and you're always like <laughs> you kind of keep to yourself a little bit. And I I always like love talking to you, especially when I could, you know, pick your brain, but I always felt like I never had the chance. Yeah. So this is some yeah. redemption for me today, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, me too. Then I love the, uh, I, I am very, very reserved a lot of times when, uh, especially out on Twitter, oh, yeah. I get like in my head most of the time, but yeah. it's, uh, I'm, I'm psyched. Awesome, man, dude. Well, damn, it's so much to talk about and, uh, you've been, you've been busy. I mean, you've yeah. always been busy. You're like the most prolific dude ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not going to talk about the Love triple it. record just yet, but I want to yeah, get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but let's talk about just starting off what's going on now. I mean, the new record, um, I, I had rise records. They sent it to me nice. and what an album, man, you should Dude, be very proud. You. I'm, I, I appreciate that. I am. I, it's, it was, a, it was the, by far the longest I've ever spent on a record just because of like, it was going to come out. It wasn't going to come out. It was like pushed back so many times, but, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm fired up about it. I'm pretty, pretty psyched. Yeah. It's uh, the press release that, that, um, the publicist sent over. It was, I don't want to say confusing because it, it was, it, it made a lot of sense in terms of the expression and what the record was about, you know, talking about a family member with an, an addiction problem. And then, okay. I, okay. I get what this record's sort of all about. And then there's some vagueness in the statement that says kind of like, you ended up sort of going down a dark path and then the record turned dark, but then you changed the record. Yeah. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> Cause well, that's what I got a, from the, from the statement. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's no secret that I'm a fan of concepts and I think right. I, I wrote it originally from the angle of someone trying to help a loved one, you know, and then within trying to help and, you know, like if you have somebody in your life or, you know, a friend or whatever it may be, like it's, it's from the angle of that. Like if you have someone that you're trying to help and you just, you hit a wall at some point when you can't, you feel like you can't do anything. And I think we all, you know, get there at one time or another where it's like you un, unintentionally sort of end up going down a similar path, maybe a different way, just because it's, it's like, it gets to a point where it like you don't know how to react to it other than like trying to understand it. And I think, um, you know, for me being a songwriter and whatnot, like I've been in the past since, you know, we've seen each other since like, (laughs) you know, so many years ago, like I've even trying to be competitive in that own, in that world and try and stay afloat and support a family and all that stuff. It's like, and deal with all these things that life has to throw to you. It's like, you end up doing things maybe and, and to try and, uh, I don't want to say cope, but like be your best self, be your, like always be competitive in a world where it's really, you're not meant to sustain that type of competitive thing. And I think, Mm. um, the record for me was that dark journey and it, 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 the initial concept was falling into like a reflection of falling into that sort of, thing that you're trying to pull somebody out of because you're trying you can't understand it and um yeah yeah and then it changed and then i 
I, I snapped out of it and changed it because it was way too depressing. So, so, so when you say you changed it, and, and the, the, the great thing about this podcast is that I can ask you these questions and we can get deep and we don't have a time limit to discuss this. And this is the stuff that kind of gets lost in interviews. So when you mean that you changed it, do you mean that you scrapped songs, wrote different songs? Did you use different instrumentation with existing songs? Did you change lyrics? Did you change uh, the performances? H- how exactly did you change it? I would say in every sense, it was changed. It was, I, but you know, I, a lot of the songs did end up to be the original way. But it was it was really like a like a journey because I I know that like probably you know most people who create you go and you think like oh yeah it was this journey or whatever it was you know this this big dramatic thing but for me it actually it it was a a type of like you know figuring out on many levels like what i am and what i can offer to just being music industry person like what i can what i can be because my journey since the start of this record like i've had like people offer me solo record deals and being like you this song's going to be a hit i've had songs placed on like like this is going to be the one that breaks you and this is going to be it and then like those deals fall apart like and you you live this roller coaster of like oh man i'm finally going to be able to take (laughs) to to be above water and like it's it's all going to be great and it's um you know and all of that is submerged into this record and for me it's like it it was originally like I said like just it came out way dark and everybody that I showed was like you it's sick but it at the same time it like I don't like how it makes me feel <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm like you know what it's, that's not how I want to leave it and that's not how I you know as a reflection of myself that's not like how I live you know I always try and like find a way out and I think. The, uh, you know, I did instrumentation was way different. There was songs like on the last batch where it was like, I would just like make a beat like with this, like a, almost like a, a hip hop style beat. And I would just let that go. And I would put a vocal melody over that. And then I would put a bass guitar on it to the groove of the beat. And then I would put acoustic drums on it. And then I would put guitar last probably. And it was like, I would write songs just in completely different ways just to see how how far I could get. No, that is a diff- that is an interesting approach to, to songwriting too, because you know, the way that, that we are sort of, I think brought up writing songs is that you're a guitar player first. And I know that you are too. Yeah. I am too. And then yeah. you kind of write a riff and then the last, the afterthought is okay, well, what I'm going to say or sing over this. And that's right. the classic way everyone was taught to write a song or figured out how to write a song. And now with, I guess with technology is a big part of it. You know, it is really interesting that you can write or even just use some kind of, um, yeah, beat for lack of a better word, add like a top line, you know, melody vocal over it. And then you can go backwards and work on the instrumentation to vibe, you know, how you want it to vibe. That's, it's a really, really like, uh, it's a, an approach that I think myself as a songwriter, I'm just sort of starting to scratch the surface of that approach. Um, yeah, but it seems to be working for you. So that's cause this, this record, Dude, this might be, you can get I think weird. this is my yeah. favorite early November record. I think absolutely. Wow. That's man. I love that. Is, I it love your, that. is it your favorite? I think it is. I definitely, I mean, 
I, I probably say that every time, but I think this is, <laughs> I, I really think it is though. It's like, it's definitely the most, it's not perfect. It doesn't sound perfect. And I think that's why, I mean, it's the closest representation of what I am, you know, actually where I am. And I think that, uh, so for that, it's my favorite Dude, for sure. I, I love that you say that about it. And I had a question in here, uh, particularly about, well, I guess it's the, almost the title track, the lilac. Um, yeah. and that song, it, it almost channels, it channels a lot of pain. I mean, you can even hear in the performance of the acoustic guitar at the beginning, it's not, you know, it's not perfect. You could have played right. it better, but it has such a vibe. And then, and then at the end, you know, after this, this, I mean, what a performance vocally, then it comes in with this other instrumentation that's like literally out of tune. <laughs> The out-of-tune trumpet. It's yeah. literally out-of-tune. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, it's not hard to... You could literally throw an auto-auto-tune right. plug-in on that in, like, five seconds, and it would be, you know, it would be in tune. But you chose not to. Is that a reflection of the record? Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's it's just the vibe and, the, the you know, you talk about a journey. Absolutely. What was the decision behind that? that is like the lilac specifically i mean lilac the flower means like purity and mm-hmm. that's why i went with that for the title and i i think with that song it's so bare and i when that that out of tune that like sort of drunken sounding trumpet comes in at the end over mm-hmm. like the pitchy vocals it's like to me like that was just a moment of you know it was a very real moment and the performer i didn't play the trumpet on it i wish i did but like (laughs) the guy who played he totally understood what to do he's he's in the band and he's like he's a fantastic musician he's and he really like captured that moment of like i was like i wanted to sound like drunk like gasping not like you know like make that happen and he 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 really did It, it is a reflection of what that moment is and it's uh you know, is no, no, it's funny. It was, I'm glad you picked up on that, though. I love that you you picked that part out. Oh yeah, that's, no, it was it was awesome. it was after getting through. You know, not getting through the record. Like just kind of, I was kind of on the edge of my seat the whole record, and uh, the the peaks and valleys of it, um, especially the, the two songs that you've released so far. Um, I, I'm sorry, the titles. Are, I'm not the best with titles. Hit by a car, and the, I yeah, just, hit, yeah I'm, exactly. I'm um, those those um those songs were great. And I totally understand why they were kind of pulled out as singles, but I really think that the rest of the record is is maybe as strong or stronger. Um, and I, I was kind of surprised because you know I heard those songs first, but I was but what I just thought was cool was just how you had this. It was almost like a reflection of life. You have these days, even if you're depressed as hell, you still have these kind of bouncy days. You still have these days where there's moments that are like, oh, this is kind of like cool. You know, and then your whole world comes comes crumbling down. That's how I felt listening to the record. And then that last song, man, I was just like, I was moved, like seriously moved. I love that song. You know, it's funny, and I don't want to compare it with 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 this. And also, it sucks because people are going to be like, I want to hear this song, and they're not going to be able to hear it until September twenty seventh on Rise Record. That's that's when the record comes out. But um, you know, I almost got when that trumpet came in. I was almost like, oh no is this going to be like a Bieber love yourself thing? <laughs> yeah. You know, like I was like, Oh no, this like idea is 
well, it's been, it's just been done in a very mainstream song. And then I was like, oh my God, he totally was able to pull that, you know, right. Like he didn't pull the rap, same rabbit out of the hat. It was, you know, it was, it was an amazing, amazing part. So anyways, I, uh, I feel like I'm just going a little gaga over your new record, but, <laughs> no, but I wanted dude, you I to know how much, it. how much I appreciate it. it and how, how amazed I am, uh, with well, your, with your new stuff. Definitely means a lot. Thank you. I, I do appreciate the kind words for sure. So, um, okay, well, let's talk about, geez, I don't even know where to start, man, but I guess let's just go back to the beginning, if you don't mind. Yeah. I love to do that. Um, you know, like I said, I've known you for a long time. I don't know how much I really know about you. Um, like, I don't know why they call you Ace. Why do they call you Ace? It's my initials. Ace is my initials. Okay. So, That's name easy. is, yeah, Arthur Carl Enders the third. So the, uh, yeah, the initials and that's what everybody just always called me that. My dad was that, his dad was that. Okay. And, uh, from birth pretty much, that's just what everybody called me. So your dad's also called Ace too? Yeah. Yeah. So that must mm-hmm. be confusing around the household. Yeah. And now my son is also, I feel like I couldn't break the tradition. So I had to like <laughs> do the same thing and it's like, yeah, it's uh you know, it gets confusing if you're out in a place, but it's, uh, it works. So when your when your wife is screaming Ace, you don't know who who she's screaming at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a, it. It becomes it becomes interesting, but uh, yeah. And so, okay, so you grew up in New Jersey. Everybody knows that. Um, yes, you know, obviously that's a. What part of New Jersey are you from? Actually, I'm from South Jersey. So like it's, Philly, uh, like 20 minutes from Philly, 20 minutes yeah. from Atlantic City. Right in the right in the bottom middle there, very. Uh, not not too far from the shore, but the capital of the world. It's uh, a lot of farms, a lot of farms, and whatnot. So with okay, with so what was your family structure like? You were growing up, you know. Obviously, you were you were close to a lot of things. Uh, obviously, being twenty minutes from a major city like Philadelphia, you were able to be exposed right. to things going on. You weren't like sheltered, yeah. but it does sound like you were still in an area that was maybe a little more rural or suburban. Um, yeah, so what absolutely. was it kind of like for you as a kid with your family structure and like, what were you like in school? Uh, well, I mean, that is the kid, kid me and like now me are very, um, I like to think at the core they have similarities, but it, uh, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing for me to talk about because, you know, we reference how like I'm quiet on tour. Like I grew up as a very, uh, secluded, uh, individual. I had, um, I mean, not to harp on, you know, everybody's got things, but like I was uh, a classified student. I didn't have, um, uh, I had a lot of learning disabilities and social problems. So like I was very much like kid in the classroom. You see, like you might walk by the classroom with this one kid who, you know, you know, but don't really. And it's, um, that's sort of how everybody knew me as a, as a kid because I couldn't uh, hang with the the mainstream kids. So, okay. So that, that was me as a child and all through high school until, until I started, uh, writing music. And then once I started writing music and realized that I had something that I could, you know, do with normal people, it was then like, you know, once I started touring and whatnot, where it was like, Oh man, like I can have a normal life. It gave me confidence and sort of made me become, who I am now, which is very different, but it also plays into why I, when I'm in social situations, like on tour, like I'm just, I just revert to that, like quiet kid sometimes because right. I'm like, that's just what I was used to my entire life. So, um, being young me is like, 
very secluded, very like, you know, uh, trying to figure out how to exist. And then, yeah, it was, you know, in, in this, in this, uh, small, pretty small town. And it was, uh, yeah. How did, how did you get into music? How did you start, uh, like, you know, deciding you wanted to play or, or sing or write? How'd that happen? Um, well, I, I knew that I wanted to write. I was like, I guess when I was like 14, my stepdad had a guitar and I started learning how to play it. He, I'm left-handed, but we had a, we had a right-handed guitar and he's like, look, if you want to play it, like you got to You got to learn how to play right-handed because there's no way we can get a left-handed guitar. Right. So, um, you know, we, you know, we, we were all right, but we didn't, you know, like that definitely wasn't in the budget. So, um, I, uh, yeah, you, didn't, it you, up. Didn't, you didn't say like, like I could just be the next Hendrix and play like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, I mean, I don't think that would have really still wouldn't have sold him, but it, uh, it, but, uh, yeah, maybe it would have, you know, I should have tried it. I wasn't, I wasn't that quick, but, um, yeah, started teaching myself. That's pretty much it. And it's funny, then, then another, I got music 14. There's another band from New Jersey that I used to be a big fan of. Well, I'm still a big fan of, but I used to, you know, when I was a kid, they were one of my favorite bands called Big Wig. Do you remember that band? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're from yeah, J- Jersey too. And they had a guitar player in their band who was, who was, who would play um, a left-handed guitar right-handed, but didn't change the strings around. That blows my that stuff always blows my mind when I see people do that. Yeah. Like, so he just like didn't know had a guitar had a right handed guitar around, was like, Oh well I'm left handed. So he played it left handed, but you know it would upside just, down. Would be such yeah. a mind fuck, like I don't even know. Yeah, that's a like you're learning like that's that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. Like coming coming out of that and then flipping the guitar around that would just like That'd be crazy. It, it would, I know. But I, I wonder though, like if, if as a left-handed person, you have an advantage using your dominant hand for your fretting hand. I, I you know, you know what I, I mean? do that think makes so. Sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I could uh, do some weird stretches, I think with my <laughs> hand. I don't think, I can't picture myself if I ever had to do it the other way. I can never picture myself playing left-handed. Like I just don't think it would make sense. Like drums I do right. I pretty much do like musically, everything right-handed. Interesting. Um, yeah. When you but, play drums, and are you are you a pretty are you a pretty uh, comp, um, uh, competent drummer? I'm decent. I'm not like not flashy, but I play on a bunch of I do a bunch of session stuff for people. Yeah, because my friend my friend Caleb from Beartooth, he's he's left-handed too, and he's the same. He plays guitar uh, right-handed, and he yeah. plays drums right-handed. But when he plays drums, he does a lot of like strange things like because yes he tends to lead with his left hand when he does your fill which a lot right. of people don't do do you do that too oh man i drive people i feel bad because <laughs> like if i have like if i'm writing a part for somebody and i'll be like oh just just do this part and they're like yeah that part's cool but that doesn't make any sense how to do that <laughs> like it's it's frustrating but it's uh yeah I, I feel like that is a common that might be a common thing that yeah. uh, lefties do absolutely so what, what music was inspiring you then like uh, obviously you know the music you've made is i mean it's it's you can file it under punk like i guess yeah. uh, or you are you know you've been on punk labels like pop punk labels or whatever but a lot of stuff you you've you write and have always written is kind of more uh i don't know the word i don't want to say mainstream because that's not accurate but it's not right. like you're not trying to 
tear people's heads off, like, right, right. you know, like a, a big wig or something, you know? True. Um, so, so what, what kind of inspired you early on, um, to, to, to write and play and all that and sing? Um, I really, I think the thing that made me most more than anything, like I, I loved punk music as a kid because it was like, it's what made me want to be in a band and like, you know, do the whole thing. Um, but I think the most inspiring thing, like as far as songwriting and like just, uh, I was moved by, uh, watching this Pearl Jam yield documentary of them oh, making yeah. yield. And, and it was like one of those things, like I watched it and I was like, Oh my God, like, it seems like so cool. Like you could be, you could have all these different thoughts and be these different, like of, uh, it was just a very, like it hit me at the right time. And I always give that credit because it's like, you know, it's, uh, I know people like dog on Pearl Jam a lot, but it's, it, it was one of those things that just hit me at the right moment that made me want to, uh, just be a weird artist. And it's, uh, yeah, sort of, sort of how it ended up. But I mean, all of like the young, like, like, when I was a, I think my first show was like lag wagon and like, hmm. um, you know, all the, like, I, I was very into old punk and like yeah. choking victim and whatnot as a, as a kid. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely give the Pearl jams though. The, uh, cool. The most. Yeah. Yeah. Pearl Jam, what a, what a band. I mean, they, they yeah, uh, like they're one of those examples of, of a band that really like, there's no rules. Like right. they're so big, they play arenas, like multiple arena shows, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. People go crazy. They don't play hits, you know. Like they play whatever songs they want, yeah. and they don't make videos. They haven't made music videos in like twenty years, and it's crazy. Like uh, it is crazy. They fought. They fought like the big company. Like they really. Oh yeah, did the, the Ticketmaster uh, thing. Right, when they the did Ticketmaster thing. Yeah. yeah they, they were like, it just, it always like seemed like their moral compass was just on point. And I always loved them for that. It's like, you know, they could have done, done things that were, uh, you know, they could have just taken advantage. I mean, I guess they never had to cause they were always huge from the start. But I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when money's not an issue, I guess you could do whatever you want at all the time. But, um, yeah, I mean it's it's cool though to see a band just do that. That's that's rock and roll, absolutely, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So okay, yeah. so um, so you start this band the early November, which is, you're still yes. in. There's been some bumps in the road, of course. Um, a couple big, big, real, real big bumps. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you start. I mean, the, the story goes, and I, I, you know, this is kind of the Wikipedia version, but I, I like to start there and see how accurate it is. I love it. You got together with some buds. Um, you made some songs, you sent them to literally one label, which was drive through records Yes, and you got signed and then ever so sweet blew up and you recorded it like 15 times. And, uh, there you go. I mean, that's, <laughs> is that, is that a, a, at all accurate? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty darn close. I was in like, this band started, I, I think Early November started because I was in this band called the June Spirit, which is another month theme. But anyway, we were we took a meeting with Drive Through, and I had that was like my first jump into like me being the front guy, me like uh, writing and singing all the songs. And we took a meeting with Drive Through, so I knew of you know um, the owner, and um, mm-hmm. so like that was like in my head. But like when I went to record those songs the guy who 
um, oh man, I forget where we were, but it was like a big studio, like in North Jersey. We, we get there, we record, we do the whole week, blah, 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 make the whole EP. He's got like management. He wants to line up and everything. And, um, I went to cut vocals and he's like, Oh, you should, you know what? You need vocal rest for like a week because we've been like working you hard this week. He's like, just go home for a week, come back and finish them. And I'm like, oh, okay, sick. I'll do, okay. I'll do that. And then at the end of the week, the band actually, came to pick me up and I thought we were like, you know, getting ready to go back. And they showed me the finished copy with a new singer oh that he had convinced God. them to get while I was on vocal rest. So wow, it, what a snake. Yeah, it was intense. It was, it, you know, it's like, you know, you learn those things from the music business. And, um, that was like my first one. But I, we had met with drive through. So I had sort of known, uh, Richard a little bit yeah. and it, it made it, uh, I guess a little bit easier uh, for when the early November was ready to go. And, you know, my wife was actually the one that reached out to him and set up the meeting with the early November and everything. So it's kind of cool, you know, that, that, um, that, that, how, how it all happened. And, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, what happened to thing. those, what happened to those guys and those band and that band and those songs and everything? Um, they got signed, they put out a couple records and then they broke up. That was the June spirit. That was the, yeah. the name of the band. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow. What a story. That's yeah, crazy. It was, it but isn't that one of those wild... things too that you wonder what, what would have happened if, yes. you know, I mean, but I would have never learned to sing if that didn't happen. Yeah. That's, I, that's the I thing. Guess, right? I was, I was bad. I and like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I give them credit for having the guts to do it and like making a business choice at that young of an age. But, um, I don't, I don't think I would have learned to sing and I don't think I would have been able to, to sort of like, go through the uh or at least have the determination at that point to be like yo i'm gonna do this so on my was, own so you so that happening to you was mo more motivating than breaking because i yeah, feel like if I, that was me i would have just been i would have just been done <laughs> like that nah, you know what i mean that would have just you, broken me you would have dug deep i think like right after that i started like within a week i started early november i started making new songs i let them keep all the songs too i was like just keep them i don't right. need them right and i was just went on so it was wow a, that's yeah, it was crazy a, man that's good, crazy. good for development that's crazy but but after that with the new you know with the new band and stuff it happened pretty quickly yeah yeah it was only maybe like a couple of years or so oh it was before okay. we set it was up a couple of years okay yeah before we set up another meeting and got everything going and um yeah yeah it was it's probably a couple of years and it uh it was, it wasn't incredibly long, but yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it, it happened all pretty fast. Like you had this, um, you know, you put out these songs and then you guys got some Warped Tour shows. I remember, I think I saw you yep. play at Warped Tour maybe. Yeah. And then, be. and, uh, I mean, you must've been so young too. And then, you know, you were on that brand new tour, you know, right, right. kind of right before brand new exploded. Yes. Um, and, and then it seemed like this ever so sweet, which is a song I want to focus on. Cause it's still, you know, a staple of your headline set and a song you've recorded a few times. That song seemed to resonate with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, I think people have always like, you know, it's, it's like our campfire song. You know, if you, if you've got one, like that's the one it's, uh, it's the one that everybody, everybody knows. Like we just played this, um, we just went out with uh, with Newfound, and we we toured with them like oh, yeah. you know a yeah. bunch of times before in the early two thousands, and like you know it, it's crazy to see like we could play like energetic songs, whatever songs, and like 
people they'll have fun they'll do their thing but when you play ever so sweet it's like oh wait everybody's gonna sing now you know and it's just uh, one yeah. of those it's one of those things that it has been you know just that moment in the set that like if you know the you know the whatever you want to call it emo pop punk world like that's if you've heard one of our songs, that's probably the one that you've heard. You know? So how do you feel about the song now? I mean, obviously you wrote it so long ago. Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you tolerate it? Do you respect it? I, it- I try. I constantly try and figure it out. I constantly try and figure <laughs> it out. It's the thing like, I'm like, what happened at that time? I remember writing it. I remember like, <laughs> I can vividly remember like thinking of the line and you know, the ever so sweet one. And I'm like, what what did it what was it that made that happen i don't know you have no idea but it uh i i don't hate it for sure i love i love it because people love it and i think right if somebody comes up and they're like yo check out this tattoo it's an ever so sweet tattoo with a with a, a leaf i'm like that's amazing that you decided to do that and that it impacted you in that way so i love i love it for that and that's why we put it on um we did uh I think it was a couple years ago the 15 yeah. years acoustic thing where we just sort of like redid songs just acoustic and um because it was it's a it's it's an important one was that for, the third time you recorded it in studio yeah because the first time was like i didn't know the first one was going to come out it was like the demo <laughs> version of the song yeah and you know when the record label was like yeah let's put a let's just do an acoustic ep we have this version already okay so that was one then we did on the full length mm-hmm. it, it was the opening track on the room's too cold and then the third time was with 15 years. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, that's three what was times. it like going back the, the third time recording it? And, you know, cause I, uh, Silverstein, we just did a similar thing where we recorded, we re-recorded 12 tracks from our first, first 10 years of being a band. Yeah. And when you do that again and you actually re-record it, not just, it's not just a remaster remix thing. It's like, this is a whole, you have to remember how you played right. the song and you go back and like, Oh, how did that little, guitar, you know, hammer on, pull off, go. And what did I do the first time? And, uh, you know, I assume you probably went back and at least listened to the original versions for reference. Um, yeah, but, but what was Not it like? Just, one. just, Oh, you didn't for that one? <laughs> no. Cause no? I changed oh, the really? bridge. I never, I never liked the bridge. So I just, I play it live differently and I just like, I always do that. And I'm like, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to cool. try and figure it out because the chords, the cording in the bridge is, it was just so simple to me. Yeah. I mean, which isn't bad, but yeah, I, I did not, that's the only one that I didn't go back and have to like relearn. Cause I was like, I'm just going to play it the live version. Right. No, I love yeah. that you said that you said, I'm constantly trying to figure it out. And it's, it's funny when you, when that happens in earlier in your career, you have, you know, that song for you, a song for me, shit. Yeah. Anyone else that has, you know, success as a band, they have those songs that are yeah. the ones that just sort of happened and people, and you try to figure out as a songwriter, well, like, well, how do I get that lightning in a bottle again? You know, right. how, how, what was it about that? And you, and then you break it down and you say, well, it's just these simple chords and the simple melody and, and right. what is it about it? And it's funny, right? Cause, cause it's, dude, it's funny. It's frustrating. And it's like, it's, I've had those thoughts keep me up at night. Like, yeah. I, like not being able to figure out, like you said, capture that lightning in a bottle. And it's, um, 
it's an it's a really interesting thing, and I think for me, what it comes down to is just a moment. And it's it's easy to recreate a song, but it's not easy to create a moment. Yeah. And that's where we were when that happened. It was in in a moment, and it was. Uh, I think that that's how I've come to peace with it. Wow. So wow. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone. And literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. By Raycon.com slash LSS. If you're in tech, you've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. So uh, um, you guys put out this triple album, which was kind of a crazy thing to do. Yeah. Um, looking back, it's even crazier. At the time, we all thought yeah. it was pretty crazy, you know, um, when we yeah. heard you were doing it. There was a lot of rumors back in the day. I have no idea if this is true, but it was that you were trying to get out of your drive through deal. I love that rumor. If it were only true, it counted I, as one record. <laughs> well, of course it counts as one record, but a lot of people thought, oh, it's going to count as three records, and they're going to yeah. be out of their deal. They signed like a four-album or five-album deal or whatever. Yeah, six with nine options. But anyway, the... 
but no, uh, seriously though, like what was going through your head? I mean, you're a prolific dude, obviously, but that is, I mean, do you ever wish you could go back and just put out the best 10 songs? I did for a long time because, yeah. you know, it, it, I'll be the first to say like, it's not perfect. And it's, it's funny. I was just doing an interview yesterday talking about the same thing and it, um, I know that it didn't come out perfect. And at the time I knew that it didn't come out perfect, but you know, it was like, it was a true test to me of like what, what I could do. And I think at the moment when it, when it was born, the idea of it was like, you know, I wanted to do something that would like, I wanted to make something that was artistic. I think I really wanted to do something that was to me valuable and not, and like how I was saying, like Pearl Jam and their set of morals, like uh-huh. I wanted to do something for the reason of being able to do it. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. There's so many people out there who are way better than me that don't have what I have. And I think uh, there's, that's so true for so many artists. And it's like a way of proving to myself and to just the art of of doing it, of like what it can, uh, you know, like a different way to make it you know, make, make sense to me. And I really wanted to push myself to make this piece of art. And, um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it failed, but, you know, <laughs> well, that's, I, I mean, mean, I mean, failed, it, well, I mean, to the sense of like the label, like to the sense of like, it came out first week did like, I think everybody was wanted it to do more. And I remember at the time, like being like, all right, yeah, first week was like, I think like 27 or 28,000 copies. And today would be amazing. You know, I know, I know. It's so funny. Yeah. But then was like, Ooh, you know, we needed at least 40 and it was just like, you know, well, it's a large pill to swallow. And it was, it's just one of those things. And I had a lot of, a lot of demons with it for a long time, but the record, I feel good about it. The record cost more at the store too, didn't it? Like instead of it, it being nine ninety nine at Best Buy because it was like a triple disc, I think the label thought they could get away with more, right? Yeah, it so might. It, was it like, might have it was been kind like of that. like fourteen ninety nine or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah. That must have contributed to the the numbers too. It probably did. It, it probably had to help, but I mean, it didn't help that also it was it was three discs and one of the discs yeah. was full full dialogue craziness. But you know. I will say that I've had people like so many people come up and be like, that's the thing that kept them as a fan because it was so different. And so it spoke to them in a way that was like, you know, that other things didn't. And the one thing that I'll say that I always like try is like, you know, I don't know that anybody else has ever done that. And if I can leave any stamp on the (laughs) music world is like, all right, yeah, I did. I had an opportunity one time to get a big budget and make something crazy and make a, you know, take that next logical step. And I decided to make a triple disc album, which like, you know, is, is whatever, but it, I don't think anybody else has done it yet. And no. I feel, I feel <laughs> cool about that. Well, a thing we talk about on this podcast pretty regularly is the whole, um, sophomore slump, uh, conversation. And yeah. I have a theory that no band has ever put out, you know, quote unquote, a bad second album, uh, and recovered from it. Yeah. And yeah. obviously if that, I mean, it's, it's the case for you guys. I mean, you guys broke up like less than a year after that record came out. Right. Um, so, you know, there's a case in point there. Um, you know, so, I mean, it was, it was a lot to, to take on at that time. Um, but was it the record that led to, to the breakup? of the band? Was it other things? What, what exactly happened 
Cause I, I mean, I don't really remember and I couldn't find now like just a Google, like Google searching, like exactly what, what happened or what statement you made or, or anything. Yeah. I, I don't remember what the statement was that we said, but it was, I don't know if the record really was the cause, but I, I think we always had like an inner, an inner, uh, battle happening just because the differences of personalities and you know what happens and when money gets involved with things and everybody's a good person it's just like at the moment you're like searching for a reason or searching for your own you know how something to validate why you're doing what you're doing and i think we got to a point where it had been i think it was like something like six years that we had been touring at that point and it was very or at least signed to drive through at that point and it was um we knew that we had many records left under our deal we knew that we were unhappy with yeah uh sort of how everything was was working out and i think it just felt easier to try and walk away from it absolutely yeah it's um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love touring with you guys. I mean, back in those days. Yeah, we I mean, everybody time. was great. Serge and, and Bill and yeah. Joe and I mean, and and that's a cool thing about your about your band too is despite you guys, you know, going away and breaking up at a relatively early point in your career, you guys are have kept the same lineup. Everybody's come yeah. back, right? In the fold, which is which is cool. I mean, that, that must speak to you as a kind of a band leader and as a songwriter and as a, you know, the guy steering the ship that they have faith in you. Yeah. And it's also opened up doors for everybody else. And I think that's yeah. probably to me, like the coolest thing. Like I know Sergio doesn't tour with us anymore. He's like, you know, it's, okay, okay. it's everybody's life sort of, yeah, uh, you know, changes in one way or the other, but I was able to, he wanted to really focus on his own thing. So I produced his own, his, solo record and like worked with him on it like for like a couple months and like really was able to you know dig deep and like be still have that same same connection with him just now in the form of his own thing right and um joe he just in the past like couple years decided that he doesn't want to tour but he still manages the band he he, he's he's like i want to be involved it's just this is how i can be involved and contribute the best way that i can and it's um you know, it's cool that like, even though those two guys don't tour anymore, they're still a part of it in some way. And Joe is like, obviously, uh, extremely involved. I still have to talk to him like every single day about it. So it's like, it's like nothing has changed and it's a, uh, it's a cool thing. It is. It's, it, it feels cool that at least everybody still wants to be around or like in some way or another. Awesome. And you talk about recording Sergio's music. You record, bands all the time that's kind of like your sort of nine to five right when you're not doing you know when you're on tour obviously you have a big tour coming up in just like about a month or so you go away a big headliner um which i want want to make sure people check out but uh but doing that do you do you enjoy that as much as you enjoy working on your own music Uh, because it's it's a different it's a whole different can of worms right yes it is it is a totally different thing but I really, I, I really do like genuinely enjoy it, and I feel feel very fortunate to to be in the position I am with it because it's you know it's it's great to uh, I find myself like tweaking things or like changing something in songs or giving bands advice and being like oh wait I could learn from that like because right. I'm not 
I'm not the greatest sometimes at taking my own advice, but when I hear myself like, or, um, it's just, (laughs) it's a constant, it's a constant reminder of like, Oh wait, you know, apply what you're doing now into your own self. And you know, that could help or take what you've learned and help this, help this band figure out what they could, you know, could or be or whatever, just apply all of it. It's a great way to just to keep staying fresh with it. And I really love production. I really love, you know, being able to work with the bands that I get to work with. It's a, it's a really, uh, really cool thing. It's a, it's, it's awesome. Like to, uh, I do songwriting a lot as well. That's yeah. like yeah. sort of the, uh, you know, one of my favorite things to, to do. Like anytime I get, get down and start, start writing and just start a stream of conscious weird stuff happening. Like I, I dig that, you know? So, um, I feel very fortunate and lucky to be able to do it because it's obviously helped sustain through times when, it, it uh, would have in the past sure. maybe seemed like, you know, tough to continue to stay relevant in music. So Sure. No, it's funny that you say that. And, and it's, I, I think it was just made me think of something really quick. I remember back in the day, uh, Will from Aiden was telling me they took a meeting with John Feldman and they maybe even recorded like a demo or something with John Feldman. And yeah. they didn't end up going with him for the record. They, well, they probably should have in hindsight, right? Because John Feldman's right, incredible. Sure. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I guess like they were working on it and he had these kind of songs that were, you know, unconventional in terms of the structure. And John Feldman kind of said, okay, we're not going to use any of these songs. We're going to write this song and it's going to be like, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. And we're going to do that 12 times and that's going to be your record. And they, yeah. that was made them feel very uncomfortable, you know, at, in terms of, uh, you know, a band trying to express right. yourself. And it's funny because I, I, when he said that, I was like thinking about Goldfinger. I'm like, they, their songs aren't like that. Right. They have tons right. of songs that are, are like n- unconventional structure. And yeah. you no, know, now I think about your music and I think of that exact conversation probably happening, you know, when a band comes in and oh, they have these yeah. songs and you're like, okay, well this part's like, we got to cut this part out. And then this is the, what's going to be the chorus now, or this, this chorus you think is the chorus is really a pre-chorus. We have to write another chorus, you know, like these kind of structures. But then when it's you and you're the writer, then you're like, wait a second. No, no, no. This is my art, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's so weird to think about. And like, I think that's sort of like, why with this new record, like I approached it so differently. I'm like, you know, it was this weird, dark thing. And then I'm like, I'm going to, I had this, this is, I feel extremely cheesy saying it, but I had this like dream of like, <laughs> like I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, wait a second, like I need to put a chorus on the app. Cause I like always fight against courses with my own stuff. But when somebody comes in or I'm writing with someone, I'm like, no, you, no, you need like a pretty tight chorus here. It's not, <laughs> not good enough. And I'm like, for some reason I just always go against it. Like our whole last record, I don't, don't think it had one hook and I, and, um, you know, sort of why I had to do this one a little bit differently. Cause I'm like, you gotta start like be artistic, but at the same time, like, remember, like, you know, I use like a pizza shop analogy with everybody. You're not going to have like a pizza shop and advertise pizza, but then have like only sell bologna on the inside or something like that. You know, it's like, I, I feel like really, uh, honing in on those things and, and production. That's where doing it full time pretty much is where. Right. You know, really makes you think about things a little bit differently. Right. But yeah, always fight against choruses. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> has there man. been a, has there been any uh, bands you recorded? People might not know. They should check out. A lot of people listen um, to this for new for new music. 
Oh, cool. Uh, well, this band just left. They're called Small Words. They're from uh, Indiana. They're awesome. Small they are words. like cool. Small Words. They're actually like really, really cool. I'm very excited for their future. I did um, recently uh, Aaron West, the uh, guy from the Wonder Years, his yes, solo yes. stuff, getting ready to do another Wonder Years thing. And then like um, it just – I think the, the thing about like um, – the, the like a currently work in production right now. I'm on I'm on a break, and the, uh, this band is uh, from St. Louis. So just seeing people from everywhere and sort of like um, you know being able to just dive deep is like it's awesome. So I love especially helping younger bands because it's like you know I have I always tell people I have like at this point almost just about 20 years of bad ideas and failures <laughs> that I can help people <laughs> help people avoid a little bit. Right. And, uh, yeah. Right. I love the self-deprecating ace. That's uh that's that's the way to go. That's my um, favorite way to be. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this new record, I mean, wow. It's it's really really good. It comes out September 27th on Rise Records and talk about the tour you're doing too. You're going to be leaving some leaving your studio behind, leaving your family behind. Um yep. going out for a pretty long time. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Is it? Do you like getting back in the van, bus, bandwagon, whatever you guys are touring in? Do you guys like? Do you still like that? Does that still kind of drive um, you, or is it like, okay, this is just something I have to do to to promote my my music? I think I I love playing shows. I'll always love you know playing and uh, you know having that moment with a with the crowd or whatever it is. It's uh, that that will always I think get me psyched, but you know sitting in a van or a bandwagon for an extended amount of time i'm probably not the most excited about but (laughs) and especially being away from my family at this point is like one of the it's one of the weirdest feelings you know uh having to be away i I do a lot of fly-in days i fly in whenever i can and it makes sense or for the family will come out like they spent a week in california on the last run which was really nice um but you know, I try and try and do that. That's probably the hardest challenge at this point is just, you know, missing soccer games. Uh, like I was coaching baseball this last season for my son's team. Oh, and cool! That's fun. I had to leave with then like the last like the championship game I missed because we had to go on tour. Oh and man! It's just like yeah. those little things that are yeah. that are hard. But um, they they enjoy it. They love it. So it makes I didn't it easier. Know you were a baseball fan. I, I'm a, I love sports. I love the sports. I, uh, cool. it's a, it serves as a great distraction for me, I think, yeah. because as you know, like you're, you're constantly wrapped up in this insane thing and it'll drive you mad if you don't have something to like, at least, you know, give yourself a little bit of time. But yeah, I, lo- I love baseball. Dude, I had to, we were short on umps. Okay. And I don't know <laughs> if, if anybody, uh, you know, has ever had to do this or, you know, but I had to umpire a couple games and, People just ripping on me first inning, just going. I, I've never felt like you were home plate um, home plate umpire, home plate umpire oh for goodness. two games, dude. And it's a uh, it's a brutal thing. I've I get like I don't get nervous on stage or playing in front of like <laughs> however many people, but you put me behind the uh, behind there and I have to like listen to parents yell at me. Like I've never felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my god, I don't. I've never yeah. done it. I mean, th- there's like. A lot of umpires, I mean, even at the low level, they go to like school at least for like a yes. whole day to yeah. figure out like to to learn like what a strike or a ball. Like I wouldn't know. Right. Maybe it's I know very, on TV, 
But yeah. I, I mean, if I'm standing there behind, I'd just be more worried about getting hit with a bat or like something like that, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jeez. I was talking, I was talking to Aaron from, from Copeland and he was telling me that he went for, because when, I guess when they, uh, a couple of years ago, he tried to get, he went through the whole like ump coaching, like uh, class and whatnot. And he was like trying to do it for like, for games. And he was telling me how brutal it is. And, um, and this is like right before I had to ump and I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, like I'm not, not looking forward to this. But, um, yeah, it's like, uh, it's an, it's a real thing and people get fired up. Oh man. I, I know. Damn. Are you a Phillies fan? I am a Phillies fan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, it's exciting with Bryce Harper and everything. I mean, I wish they were playing a little better, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions. That's for sure <laughs> around here and a very tough division. Yeah. Very tough and division. I mean, not only that, like you're in Philly, so I love Philly, but it is, I think will, it can pivot so quickly about loving or hating its players or, oh, yeah. or like teams. It's, it's a crazy place to be a fan, but, yeah, but um, sports, sports, there are crazy. I mean, like, yeah, you know, yeah. They just won a Super Bowl. Okay. You want a Super Bowl? Like, let's just calm down for a couple years. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. They're just, just as, just as aggressive as always. Oh my God. But, yeah. uh, that's okay. I got a couple, Hey, I got a couple fan questions. Um, this one, this one says this is from Andre, he says, any plans for a 20-year tour for, for all of this? And he says, why in the fuck was Lilac delayed so long? A little passion right. from Andre, as to be all expected. Right. That, is, that is a little passion. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, we haven't thought about anything like with the 20-year tour. I'm sure when the time comes, we'll probably do something. Okay. And then um, it was pushed back. Lilac was pushed back, uh, I think. You know, it, the first time it was ready to come out, I forget exactly what happened. The maybe something um, contractually didn't happen in time, or something to where we had to we had to do a tour, and it didn't. The, the window closed quicker than we thought, and it okay. had to be pushed till after. And then it was like, all right, well, it can't come out now, so we have to wait till next spring. And then it was like, we're going to add more songs. And it was like, okay, we're going to wait until next fall. And it was like that. So it was a uh, bunch of different things okay uh thank you for the the answer thank you for the question andre and i have another one here from uh, brendan potter uh he asks how do you split songs between ace enders ace enders and a million different people etc etc and also could he tell me about growing in i think he had some crazy way he recorded it all right yeah growing in was a was a phone because i did i had just finished up a record that I was actually mixing at the time. It was uh, the first Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties record. Right. And I was mixing it. And every time a song would bounce, because it was before, um, I wasn't like, I was bouncing in real time. So I would have yeah. like three minutes and like 40 seconds. During that bounce, I would grab out my phone and I would do just write um, a melody and a progression in that three minutes. So <laughs> oh, I, would, really? okay. I would, yeah, I would, that's make, a cool little, a, little project, a little game. Right. So I'd make like a three-minute voice memo where I would have to come up with um, a lyric idea, like what the song was going to be about, the courting for the, you know, for the song. And then I would use that voice memo and, you know, I would do that through the whole, through the whole record. And then like the next week after the record was uh, – I was done mixing that record, I did um, – I took those voice memos – 
uh, zipped them up in a folder, put them opened up in, in Pro Tools. And if you listen to the record, you could hear the voice memo. I didn't use a click. I just used the voice memo as it's actually throughout the whole record. So the voice memo of the acoustic guitar and uh, me like talking, saying weird things and like little lines wow. are in the record. So I played it to the voice memo of every song and I then I played the drums to the to the voice memo, then played the bass to the voice memo, played the guitar to it and so forth. That is crazy. Yeah, it was it was a fun experiment. I actually have a whole documentary about it as well that okay. never came out. Oh, okay. it was yeah, it was. Uh, I had a, a videographer with me who, during the recording process, I was like, I think this is going to be a cool way to do it. And then, you know, we did it, we made it, and it. Um, I then got distracted with like the next early November record, and I never did anything with it. I actually just ended up putting it up on Bandcamp, like a real just DIY thing. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. The, the only yeah. thing I can think of that I can relate to is we were doing a record one time. And, uh, you know, we did the drums first. So we had like two or two or three days of drums booked. And at the end of the last day we were done and we didn't really have, like we had this beautiful studio and we brought out this like kind of camera guy. So I had this idea to like give ourselves an hour to write a song all together and then record the drums for it and then just do it. Right. So that was the idea. So we literally did it. Uh, there was, there was, I guess it was recorded and we wrote the song and I remember thinking it was like pretty good. And Paul went in and like smashed the drums in like, you know, three takes and literally like, and literally like I forgot that that ever happened until like three years later when the producer was like, Hey, whatever happened to that? Like our song. And I was like, Oh fuck. What did happen to that song? (laughs) Cause like, like, cause we got so immersed in the other, uh, like yeah, the record yeah. and everything. And, and I was so concerned about that. I completely forgot. And I don't know where I can't remember how the song goes. No way. Can't it's remember gone. the foot. I don't know where the footage is. Like who the documentary guy, like, I don't even remember who recorded, like who taped it. Wow. Or, and I guess the drums exist somewhere unless it got deleted. So I, wow. yeah, I don't know. People, people are probably like, what's he talking about? And I honestly, like, this has come back. This is from like 2011 or 2010. This happened. So oh I, I wonder, God, I, I wonder that. if the song's any good, but yeah. anyway, Dude, it's probably, it's a hit. It's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> it's got that ever so sweet vibe, man. Uh-huh. So, um, and oh yeah. And his, his other question before was how do you split the songs up between your oh, projects? Right, right. Is it just kind of what you read at the time? Yeah. It's just like that, like that. Um, and I think growing is a perfect example of that. Like I was just in that moment, I was just like, dude, I just want to try and write, a song in three minutes and then use it as my, you know, uh, click. And I, you know, and then was immediately after that, I just uploaded it to, uh, Spotify and whatnot. And then went on to, uh, do the next early November record. So it was like, whatever, whatever I'm doing at the moment. Cool. I love it, man. Cool. Well, uh, dude, thanks. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, the new record comes out September 27th and the tour with uh, uh, early November with Have Mercy opening yes. up, great band. Uh, Brian is a friend of the show. Uh, that's awesome. on sale now. Awesome. Is that on sale now? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, so uh, what else to tell the people before I let you go? Oh man, I just uh, you know, thanks. Th- I have to say, like you know, I truly appreciate being able to do this, and I want to say thank you to you for having me. Seriously, oh, of course, I've been man. wanting to do it. People have telling me been telling me for such a long time. Like, yeah, you know, we got to talk, and um, I'm glad that it actually 
we were able to do it. It's it funny, you know, when I start this, when I started this show, I, you know, I put together just like a short list of, you know, whatever, 15, 20 people that I would like to talk to, you know, I'm like, Oh, yeah. people that I kind of know that I can, you know, that'll do it. And you're, you're on that list. Oh, wow. And here, here we are like almost 200 episodes later and finally That's doing so it. So but, I think it's awesome that you do it. I love it. I think it's killer. And thanks, it's man. just, it's, it's really, really cool thing to do. Thanks it's man. Awesome to see. So I'm going to play one of the two tracks that's uh, released from the record. Again, I forgot the names. Uh, which one should I play for the people? I'll play it right now. Uh, I dissolve. Let's go with that one. I dissolve. Here it is. Yes, Unleash your syndrome. Thank you, Ace. Yeah. Thank you. I Dissolve, a brand new one from the upcoming record, Lilac, which comes out September 27th on Rise Records. You can go over to riserecords.com. You can pre-order the record and you should. 
You don't want to miss this one. I mean, you won't. This is going to come out. This is a game-changing record. And uh, make sure you go see them on tour. They're going all over the place. It's a, it's nice. You don't get to see a band like this do tours like this every day. So definitely not to be missed. I want to thank Ace so much. I want to thank Becky, his publicist, for being a sweetheart as always. And I want to thank you for listening to this. Make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, tell a loved one, check out the All Access Club, check out iconic.com slash LSS, check out rockabilia.com. These are two amazing sponsors that just do awesome, awesome stuff for the show. And uh, really, really, it's just great. I couldn't be happier. And we got so many good guests coming up over the next few weeks. On that note, I'll leave you with the final of the tunes. I got to just play the other song. I got to play the other song. Here it is. Hit by a car in euphoria by early November. Peace and love. We'll see you next time. I'm so good at hiding it Down deep under The water where I float So calm and cozy Can't afford A tour guide Walking along To the far by the way Hillsides To ups and downs Roads to cross out The vault that cast out And I Could bring a serious end To the sadness if I got hit by a car, I know that I wouldn't see another day, and it's not what I want to have, fall into silence, so be happy where you are, and learn from every scar, at least I know you have the chance to find another way, and you'll always be paid,